the morning, Sunday morning. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Wrong Think Radio. I'm your host, Aaron, broadcasting from just outside the nation's capital in beautiful northern Virginia. And I'm Alan, coming to you from the lovely and overcast greater Seattle metropolitan area. And this is our two-hour live program that we put on every single week to bring you guys our facts and analysis of what's going on in politics, the world, culture, everything else, trying to break through all of the dumbassery, the propaganda, everything else to try to get to the truth and make sense of it since uh, basically the media is just full of lies and everything is a narrative. Mm-hmm. So this week has been a monumentally and fascinating uh, week in a lot of ways because like everything almost feeds back to the exact same uh, reasoning and uh, we're, we're basically seeing the uh, playbook. I think that this is the way, uh, the best way to present it is we are seeing what the playbook of the Democrats is going to be heading into the 2024 election. And it looks dire and insane. Mm. Obviously, the big story that we're going to start with is if you didn't pay attention to the news and if you were an uninformed person, you would think that somebody stormed into a school full of transgender children and murdered them this week. That certainly is the impression you get from all of the media and government-sponsored outlets based on their fawning over and just incredible outpouring of support for the transgender community in the last week. And this is part and parcel of the normal tactic that we see a lot with the left. For those who, you know, aren't obviously like tracking, though I'm sure most of you are, um, a woman who claimed to be a man, went into a Presbyterian Christian school and shot three adults and three children this week. And obviously it came to light that this was a transgender uh, and the left basically lost its mind. There were so many bad takes that we could uh, like, we're not going to, but we could almost spend the entire show on the bad takes over uh, this entire situation. And The biggest thing that I want to note here is initially because it was a school and because the left literally can't even for for any any situation, they have to politicize everything. Everything has to be about advancing their narrative. Everything has to be about them venting their spleen in rage because they don't get their way on something. So in the initial reports, when people were talking about a school shooting, you had so many leftists who wanted to comment on social media, yeah, but what we really need to be worried about is transgenders, am I right? Because they thought that that was going to get a win on the right. Then it Mm. came out that the shooter was transgender. And I have never seen such a mass deletion of hot takes in my life. Yeah. So not only was that the beginning of it, then the media seemed obsessed with the fact that it was a transgender that did the shooting in the sense that they needed to find a way to repaint it. And this, this is notable in a lot of ways. The primary reason why this is so notable is it shows how the left thinks about everything. 
they immediately freaked out over the release of who did the shooting because their normal TTP, their tactic, technique, and procedure when it comes to stories like this is, I need to know the political ideology of the person who did this so I can try to blame my political enemies. Every single yeah. time there's something like this, it's, I need to figure out some way to make this person a conservative. I need to make them MAGA. I need to make them a Trump supporter. I need to make them a white supremacist. I need to make them every evil thing so I can use that to further my political ends. And, and by the way, it never has anything to do with the victims. It never has anything to do with the violence. It never has anything to do with any of that. That is just the moral um, soapbox that they cobble together to try to push their push their narrative even further. What it ultimately comes down to when something like this happens is it, it's the um, I think it was Eric Holder that said it during the Obama administration, which was never let a good never let a tragedy go to waste. And what that yeah. is is never let a national tragedy be never take a never have a national tragedy occur and not use it to further your political ends always find a way to take a national tragedy and use it to further your political ends and honestly it's good advice because if you're in a cold civil war scenario like we are you have to be thinking in those terms and it's only when the right starts adopting the same tactics and coming out in full force in after events like this that I feel that's the only way things are going to change. It's like, I think what is incredible is a transgender shooter murdered a bunch of people. And we saw in the weeks after this massive outpouring of support, not only justifying that transgender individual murdering people, but excusing it because on the basis of, well, look how much hate transgenders suffer. Truly, they're the, they're the victims. And if the right starts doing that, like next time there's a mass a, a mass shooter we should have a second amendment rally the next day and say no look we're under attack you're pushing 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 us to these sorts of things and uh back off it i mean it, it's that's the only way this works only when the right starts responding the same way are we going to essentially have uh any kind of parity with the left because go, simply saying this is doing that sort of thing is unseemly we should be better than that I don't know if that's getting us anything other than the left gets to do whatever they want and flex how much power they have. Well, you know, we, we constantly kind of see that spoken about by a lot of uh, like by several different kind of uh, uh, right wing or more neocon commentators with the concept of like, while we should be above that, we should take the high ground. And at the end of the day, like, yeah, we all lit, wish we lived in a world where we could just take the high ground and not do things that we think are messy or wrong or, you know, what have yeah. you. But the only way that that's actually an effective tactic in politics or really anything, if we want to be honest about it, is that's only an effective tactic if you think that someday a bunch of leftists are going to be like, well, my God, the right wing has just been so nice and polite this whole time. I think I'm going to drop my entire ideology that I've been indoctrinated to believe by the media and by yeah. the public education system because just the right wing's just been so nice. Yeah. And so and, let me ask and you, I think do a lot you of think that'll ever to, happen? I think it comes down to power. The left can do this sort of thing because they have enough institutional power and control that they can get away with it. If the right tried to do the same thing just straight out of the box without capturing 
institutions that would support such action, it wouldn't work very well. I mean, you can see it with if, if there's like with all the um, Second Amendment rallies, how the police didn't protect, would never protect them. There'd be fights would break out. It's essentially what this sort of thing shows is if you have enough in institutional capture, you can do that sort of thing and ensure that your political enemies can't capitalize on what would is an incredibly valuable thing for them. It's like never let a tragedy go to waste. The entire leftist response to this shooting was entirely designed to ensure the right couldn't capitalize on this tragedy for political gain. That's the the drive. One of the biggest driving factors on the left is to absolutely ensure the right is never in a position to capitalize on anything that happens. And right. they're so very what, effective at it. And that, that yeah. actually is what prevents the right from making serious gains in capitalizing on it. Now, granted, we have the internet, we have the uh, still have a relatively free flow of information. And we are so absolutely in the right, we're absolutely so on the right side of history, that it requires this incredible propaganda, media and government amount of force to keep us from making from total victory. Yeah, from, it's, from it's reaching like, a larger if, audience. Yeah, it's like if the propaganda stopped, we would just win. People would just be like, yeah, I don't like any of this stuff. It only happens because they have such institutional capture, it's which like, they yeah, absolutely need. This is gross need. and weird. <laughs> it is gross and weird. And the other yeah. thing is, I think the left is, they know what they're doing is absolutely aimed at trying to hurt and destroy the things that we love. And they are fully aware if we gain power, we would be completely within our right, completely justified to enact the most violent of purges against them. Because they, they know they are traitors who are betraying the people that are that betraying their own countrymen. And that's why they're so terrified of the right getting any kind of political traction. It's like if you knew what you were doing was incredibly wrong and warranted the harshest of reprisals, you would be terrified of the people that you are aggressing upon to get any level of power over you. And that's and then in response to the shooting, that's exactly what we see. We see the left doubling down and promoting all this transgender stuff to prevent the right from capitalizing on it because they know that if the right's able to capitalize on this event, it would expose that they are pursuing a lot of their courses of action to destroy the things that we love. They want to destroy Christian schools. They want to make kids trans. They want to do things that they know we hate. Mm -hmm. And simply, oftentimes, simply out of just spite, because they know we hate it is why they do it. Oh, and, yeah. No, there's And there's so this so is much. a self, it's almost a, um, uh, it's almost like basically protection for themselves. It's to protect themselves from the inevitable right-wing blowback they have to go overboard after one of their people so obviously aggresses upon people on the right for probably ex explicitly political reasons. It It's amazing because like it, it, the reality of a lot of how this, this whole situation breaks down. So, you know, this mm -hmm. takes place in Nashville, Tennessee. This is shortly after this shooting happened shortly after um, a huge push by the media and by the Democrat party and the white house itself to try to equate. And, and th this is, this is the honest 
truth. These are the facts here. They are trying to equate parents being concerned about what their children are exposed to in school, parents being concerned over things like drag queens uh, twerking on and giving lap dances to Mm -hmm. children in schools. And a lot of this kind of ideology being thrust on their children. That's the primary. When anyone talks about like protesting trans or anything like that, that is like the, the actual big right wing concern is the targeting of kids. And that, by the way, that has been an exceedingly winning message across the board in the United States is not, not just the whole, not, not just the transgender stuff, but the exceedingly winning message across the board has been parents have a say in what is happening and what is being presented to their children. And this has resulted in the almost most ridiculous and weird backlash, like the the most unadvisable, I would say, backlash Mm. from the left. You have a bunch Mm -hmm. of parents that are like, I am concerned over what is being presented to my children in school. And instead of the left going like the left has kind of tried to be like, oh, these bad things aren't actually happening. It's just a big right wing conspiracy. Of course, they're trying that. That's their normal M.O. But because the left doesn't have, you know, complete and total information dominance anymore, people are able to take pictures with their cell phones and go. But this was in my library. This is like, here's a cell phone recording from my child's class that they took of this thing, you know, so that's able to happen. And what's the left's response is, well, shut up. You don't know better. The government knows better for your children. I'm a teacher. I know better. I know what's better for your child because I have a bachelor's degree in education. Yeah. (laughs) Like, no, no. I'm dead serious. It is the weirdest thing. Like, look. If you, if somebody wants to be a teacher, perfectly fine. That's okay. If somebody went to college for it, perfectly fine. That's okay. But you are telling legitimately there are, there are, there are people with bachelor's degrees or master's degrees in education that are telling, you know, people who have worked in industry for 20 years and have instantiated themselves as like subject matter experts and whatever thing that they do. And they're saying, well, no, you're dumb. I know how to teach better. I know what's better for your kid. And someone's like, are you kidding me right now? Like I'm, I'm a financial advisor that works for fortune 500 companies. Like no offense. There's no way, you know, better than I do about what like somebody needs to know in this world, or I'm an executive at a business or anything. This, this, this is, it is, I mean, we could tie this back to a lot of things, but there, there has now become a war among the right and the left where the left is saying, Unless you're a dead, unless you're an anointed expert by the left, you don't have a right to talk about a subject. Only the Mm. left gets to tell you who has a right to talk about a subject and they anoint them as an expert. Right. Yeah. So, oh, here we go. Uh, So Deb, Deb in the chat just asked, have I missed it? Or did the media totally drop the teachers who were killed are great heroes? I've never, I haven't even seen that. I've never, it's a very good point. Here's something that's fascinating about that. I can't tell you anything about any of the victims of this shooting, which is insane. That is not normal at all. Yes. I can't tell you anything about any of the victims. Well, and it's as we see every single time, if it is a white 
if it's a you know white male does the shooting all mm -hmm. white people are to blame we need to take all their guns we need to have talk about the problem of whiteness in america transgender does it um it's probably because tennessee enacted some anti-trans agenda it's probably oh, yeah. it's basically it's blaming everyone but the leftist and it well, happens every time if a I leftist commits a bunch of violence it is this huge smokescreen obfuscation don't look at it right wing guy or anyone who can even be considered tied to the right wing it's all white people and right wing people are to blame all Trump supporters. Ooh. One thing that is going to be absolutely fascinating, and I promise you that this is going to happen, places like the SPLC mm -hmm. and even I almost guarantee the FBI will categorize this shooter as a white male. <laughs> yeah. No, I, it's yeah. going to happen. They're going to. And then, and then when it when it gets called out, because there are going to be people who are going to be like, "Oh, come on!" They're going to call it out. They're going, to, "Well, we recognize trans rights, and they identify as a male." They'll do it. Uh, that's very that's a very good point. I'm sure they will. Yeah, it, it, a year from now, if you Google female mass shooters, Audrey, whatever her last name is, will Hale. not come up. Yeah, Audrey Hale yeah. will not come up. Which has been something I have been just curious about is I see I was originally confused because I saw all the discussion of Audrey Hale and then mm -hmm. a transgender and I thought well surely it must be a male to female transgender or the mainstream news outlets would be using they wouldn't be using the female name and that's always right. been very curious to me as why mainstream news outlets essentially were quote dead naming this horribly oppressed trans woman I I, I, I have a theory as to why. Why? What's your theory? So obviously everybody agrees oh. that like school shootings are like horrific. They're yeah. something that just people cannot fathom or figure out. Like why the hell would anyone, regardless of whatever your problem is, go into a school and shoot a bunch of kids? Like the only, I'm not saying any of this makes sense. Don't like, let's not be dumb about this, but the only time that people look at it and go, oh, okay, and like have it make at least some, make it not be just completely insane evil mm -hmm. is when it's like kid who's been bullied goes in and shoots the bully or something. Sure. And everyone's like, okay, it's not complete insanity, but still horrific, right? When it's a woman that does it, it that compounds to in just exponential amount. Mm -hmm. It's one of the things like, just the bare the base facts of how society is men committing violence is nowhere near as surprising as women committing violence especially something like the mass murder of children it is just unfathomable sure. it, to the yeah. point where if a mother kills her child it is a national news story because it just has such a deep psychological effect on the american populace a guy you know a man killing a child still horrible does right. not I mean, in in fact, uh, um, what was that? Oh darn, I, I didn't I didn't prep this at all. What was the name of that uh, woman who's like kid drowned? And it was it was a national news story, and she ended up like not being found guilty, and it was very very uh, it was a very divisive court case and everything. Right. I for the life of me can't remember her name, but like yeah. things like that situation 
are it, it's the idea of women killing children is just such a, a, a insane aberration uh-huh. psychologically like number one committing violence in general but number two the idea of them killing children is such an aberration that it's just like it's just impossible for people to really fully like right. flesh out so right so I think the reason they didn't want to use the if she, if she went by a male name, the reason they didn't want to do it is because then you would have all of the it would be a firestorm of right wing media outlets being like, oh my gosh, and the media is even using her fake like tranny name. It would become more obvious that it was a tranny, because that would become a big fight in the coverage. Is do we use what name do we use the given name or the fake like transgender name? I think the media was trying, since they clearly were trying to redirect and obfuscate what happened, I think they consciously chose to use the per- this Audrey Hale's given female name so that there wouldn't be, so they wouldn't give the right bait on talking about how using a male name was wrong, thus drawing more attention to the tranny aspect. They were trying to hide the tranny aspect of this and prevent people from from paying too much attention, which is why they just decided to abandon all of the all of the things they say about transgenders. Like, oh, well, we have to use the, it's violence against tranny pe- trannies to not use their new name and pronouns. Meh. They want to say that, and then the news media with this shooter consciously chose to call call them a her and to use the female name which would not be their transgender preferred pronouns or name in order to prov- in order to hide the fact that this was a transgender. I, so very think, serious- I, I just think about how much a lot of these left-wing uh, media and, uh, and activists would gnash their teeth about dead naming someone and using the wrong pronouns and then are perfectly fine reversing course on that if it helps them politically. If it helps hide the fact that they have a bunch of unstable lunatics in their ranks who they all agree should be out there killing the people they dislike. Well, I very, I very seriously wonder if they were trying to obfuscate the idea and make people think that it was a male. Well, they used the name Audrey. Right. But they kept saying transgender as well. And that's right. not no, I think normal. The whole thing, I think a lot of it was, uh, was trying to obfuscate what was actually going on. Yeah, like they they would still say transgender, but then they would say Audrey. And since we're used to the media using the person's preferred name, I think that what they were trying to do was make people believe, oh, this was a male who transitioned to female. It could be, could be. Because then it would be a guy who, let's just be honest, the majority of Americans would be like, oh, it's a guy who went and shot it, shot kids. When it's a woman who shot kids, people go, well, something had to have happened. Because like men snapping and being mm. violent, that's that's part and parcel. But a woman, what could have happened? I think one of the things that the media is the most afraid of here is people are now going to ask the very obvious question of, was she receiving testosterone treatment and could that have made her become exceedingly violent? I mean, it's possible, but the vast majority of yeah. mass shooters turn out to be on some kind of anti, some kind of quote, antipsychotic medication anyway. And oh, well. that never comes up in all the other cases either. Well, okay. So, so I mean, I guess, well, to your point, actually, um, that's a really good point. So mm-hmm. that doesn't come up 
at all. Like they, the media never wants to talk about that because yeah, the amount of like, you can draw a very definitive line to like SSRI use yeah. and like exceedingly violent behavior. It's incredible. Um, and there are people on the right wing that really focus on this and talk about it. Obviously the, the, the left and the media don't want to talk about that because one, they're in bed with the pharmaceuticals. Um, you know, they're yeah. almost entirely funded by them. Um, but you know, the, the left is also obsessed with medicating the majority of Americans to kind of keep them in line. Mm -hmm. When you start talking about things like transgenderism, so, so it's a different, like people getting medicated have to have a problem, right? Like typically, right? So like somebody has to be getting mental health services and then they get prescribed something by a psychologist or psychiatrist. That is like the normal chain of custody for somebody to be prescribed some sort of mood altering medication. Transgenderism is a diagnosis that that requires zero medical intervention that then immediately equates to a cocktail of prescribed medication some of which could be things like antidepressants anti-anxiety uh, anxiety drugs because just part and parcel think about it you just go to a doctor and say i'm transgender that doctor has no right to question you well, I mean, they should, but they, they can't like, they want to keep their job. They don't want to lose their medical license. So this is, this is one of those situations where a doctor has zero actual power. There's no medicine behind this. There's no medical anything or scientific anything behind transgenderism. Somebody just goes, I'm trans and every quote expert and scientist and doctor and everyone has to go. Yep. Okay. Yep. 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 I'm not allowed, I'm not allowed to say one thing or the other. I'm not allowed, I'm not allowed to debate the patient at all. They just say that they are. And so I have to go, yep. And then I have to start prescribing a bunch of medication, hormone therapies and things like that. And I almost guarantee you, if they were to put it all in like a little package, your transgender package, there's going to be anxiety meds in there. Yeah. And they would justify it with, well, I mean, obviously they're very anxious because of what they're going through and it's such a difficult transition and society's so mean. I guarantee that that's part of it. And yeah. one of the things that the left does not want is anyone looking into it because they're trying, they are literally trying to get parents to not have the ability of having a yeah. say in their minor children being able to go through any of this. Mm-hmm. So when you start looking under the hood and going like, well, did any of what was happening here with this, you know, transgender nonsense, did any of that have an effect on causing this person to go become psychotically violent and go kill a bunch of people? The left goes, you can't ask that question. We can't answer that because it would almost invariably destroy their entire campaign of removing parental rights from children. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I just look this up real quick, a surprising mm -hmm. number of most of the recent mass shootings, even up to back to Columbine, were all taking antidepressant medication. Yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> maybe not all of them, but a large number of the ones you've heard about, the big ones that hit the news, a large number, like a majority of them, it seems, uh, were taking antidepressants. I mean, feel like that should be a bit more of a thing. I, I am a firm believer that when the government and society decided that they could change human behavior through force, 
and medication. Wait, what's this? Has resulted in a large amount of problems yeah. in our society. For example, you brought up Columbine, so I'll, I'll talk about it. Wait um, a minute. Okay, I was sorry. Just real quick, I I was just glancing at this, and I hadn't thought of really researching this, but I just looked this up. Over ninety percent of school shootings have been linked to psychiatric medications with dangerous side effects that include violent behavior and suicidal and homicidal thoughts. Yeah, yeah, like the, the, this is, that's that since two thousand was that since nineteen ninety ninety percent of school shootings have involved psychiatric have involved a perpetrator that had been prescribed psychiatric medications. That seems like a big deal, right? Well, again, why do I hear all the all the focus on? uh guns after these things and never on what what pushed people to this level of violence it's like heck in the in ages past in the country when all the boomers were growing up i could mail order guns out of the sears catalog and there weren't yeah. mass shootings yeah. but then we had all of the all of the changes that wrought were wrought in america in the last few years and now it's a thing mm -hmm. so the real question is not the growth of firearms ownership or even the lethality of firearms, because it's like, heck, the, you could be buying an, a, you could buy an AR-15 in the sixties and there weren't a bunch of mass shootings. Mm -hmm. It's something happened that, that made people in the United States want to go on mass shooting sprees in the last, let's say 20, uh, 30 years. Something happened 30 years ago that made America more dangerous because it made more people want to go murder other people. When, I mean, heck, back in the 1920s, I could mail order machine guns to my house and there weren't a bunch of shootings. So, right. and it is on the verge of being suspicious that that's such an easy thing for me to look up and is completely absent from any conversation after any one of these mass shooting events. Now, for this Godfrey Hale, uh, testosterone is a if, if she i don't even we don't even know if she was on testosterone but let's say she was right uh, testosterone and estrogen which they prescribe to transgender people to in a island of dr moreau-esque sort of horrifying experiment try to <laughs> feminize or masculinize them through the use of hormones hormones are one of the most potent biological chemicals in the human body it's what transforms it's what transforms a child into a adult through mm. puberty and we're just wildly prescribing to massively increase or decrease the level of hormones in transgender individuals it's like we all know that when teenagers are going through puberty they have a massive cocktail of hormones flowing through them which causes them which causes mental effects like yeah we that is a known thing teenagers are volatile they have they're it's like teenagers are teenagers because they have this masses of hormones affecting their brains suddenly doing that artificially to a bunch of transgender people has to have some side effects and that's again absent from the discussion completely uh, to the point of it makes me suspicious Oh, I can, I, I mean, I can give you at least my, my thoughts on, on exactly why. So you, you start talking about things like psychological medication and now you take a look at the liberal elite, especially the journalist class, the people whose like job it should be to investigate these things. Mm -hmm. One of the most popular phrases 
that I hear from coastal liberals is, you know, everybody would benefit from therapy. Would they? It's, it, 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 it is almost a, no, I, I'm, I'm dead serious. When, when you get into like coastal liberals, especially like the higher class liberals, yeah, they wear therapy like people wear going to the gym, like the regular blue collar workers mm -hmm. talking about like going to the gym or things like they, they, they see it as like a good. Whereas, I mean, like I'm, I'm not, I'm not bashing therapy. There are, there are points. I will say there are points where people getting help are, is good. I'm not discouraging anyone from getting help if they need it. The difference is, is that liberals believe everyone needs it. They literally believe everyone should go to therapy. There are people who send their children to therapy, not because they've had a traumatic event, not because they have some sort of issue, but because everyone can benefit from therapy. It's like a cult. <laughs> everyone can benefit from a brain slug. Sign up for your brain slug today. I'm serious. And I've had this conversation. I have people in my family who, you know, started going to therapy and now talk about it the same way that like the same way that the meme of conservatives who think that, you know, who, who are like way like too obsessed, the Hollywood meme of conservatives being like too obsessed with like, you know, religion in the fact of like, well, church will cure everything. Like everyone should go to church. The word of God is truly powerful. They say, they talk about that. Like they talk about therapy the same way that the meme of conservatives that they've made up talk about religion. It is very, it's, it's upsetting and it's concerning because, and they even get angry about it. One thing you cannot say if, if somebody from the, if, if you have a leftist in your life and they mention that they're going to therapy and you go, oh my God, like what happened? Like, you know, what, like, did you have a traumatic event, you know, or something like that? Like what's, what's wrong? If you said, well, oh, you're going to therapy. What's wrong? Their response is going to be, you don't have to have something wrong. There's nothing wrong with me. I'm not broken. I'm getting, I'm becoming more empowered. Sure. I'm not broken. There's nothing wrong. And then everyone's like, then why are you going to therapy? And why are you weird? But that's the thing is, why are you going to therapy? So the excuse is, well, everyone should go. It's really good for you. It, it, it allow, like they, they empower you to be able to talk through your problems. It's like, yeah, you know what that's called? Normal things, friends, yeah. a community. And like I said, like I'm not even a hundred percent bashing on therapy. The more that liberals talk about it, the more I get like against it, you know, like, I'm, sure. you know, we're veterans, right? Like we mental health is a thing that we have to talk about in the veteran community on a regular basis. Right. Um, but the more that the left gets involved in that and it, what it comes down to is the even greater thing of the left literally believes that they can fundamentally change human beings to act the way that they want them to. And right. every Which is why single I don't time, trust anything that they want to do. It's the same as it's with literally with the less is on everything. It's what do they want? Okay, I probably am going to avoid that like the plague. Some right. of it sounds even kind of good. It's like, well, you know, what would be great would be, what would great would be red flag laws. Because if somebody is dangerous, honestly, if, if I lived in a serious country, red mm -hmm. flag laws wouldn't necessarily bother me. But because I can't trust the left to not grossly misabuse any power that, that gets given to them because they hate me and they want me dead, 
I have to, I can't, I have to oppose every single thing like that. It's the same with therapy. If I went to some leftist therapist, they would probably go, ooh, how can I make this person a vile tranny? How can I convince them they need to divorce their wife? How can I convince them to not have kids or do any other so social destroying things? Like they are resentful people that hate creation. And so any, if you like, basically like letting them into your mind in any format is probably going to be a really bad thing for you, which is why I think the vast majority of therapy ends up actually just destroying people's lives because it's not being undertaken by people that truly want to help, but by vile leftists who got into the pr profession so that they could feel smarter than other people. Well, you know, because they were going to fix you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't, <laughs> it's almost, I don't trust psychiatrist because the kind of person that would sign up to do that kind of makes me not want to trust them. <laughs> you make me suspicious because you think you can meddle in the human brain. Yeah. And hell, hell anymore. I don't trust most doctors simply because they're pro because it's been revealed how much a lot of them are riding on the prestige that comes prestige that comes with the position. And that makes me worried. If I'm not going to trust doctors who are basically like, no, no, like get the COVID shot. Just keep getting vaccinated. That's what you should do. How do I know? Like, why am I supposed to believe that psychiatry isn't equally as corrupt? They right. all come from the same big leftist institutions. I now have to wonder. Well, and, and you know, well, obviously we saw like the big change when it came to, um, you know, it used to be gender dysphoria, and then they just suddenly were like, nope, never mind. It's not a mental illness. In fact, everything's fine. Yeah. Yeah. They just, re they just changed it. And it's, it's the same way, uh, it's the same way the medical associations rewrote the definition of vaccine so that they could push the COVID vaccine. Yep. It's like all of these institutions are have zero credibility anymore because it's been revealed in the last few years how much all of them are willing to go against the very foundational principles of their discipline in order to push a political a political policy. Right. No, exactly. And and it, it 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 it's it's weird too because, you know, like you can tell that there is a hyper focus. There 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 is an agenda here. Let me just put it that way. There is yes. an agenda here because look at look at the reactions like so number one, we're not allowed to see the manifesto of the shooter. And right. that tells me because it would be extremely valuable to the left if they could take this manifesto and say, this had nothing to do with the fact that this person was trans or, yeah. or, or additionally, they would also run out with it and say, this person did this because of how they were treated because they were trans. They would, they would do that because they're already trying to, they're already trying to sell that message anyway. So what that means is the fact that the, the fact that we are not allowed to see this manifesto says that we are going to see something in there that is going to be horrifying. And by horrifying, I mean, it is going to give the right a win. Yeah, it will imp it. So I, and I told this, I basically have like whenever a, there's a mass shooting and the mass shooter has a manifesto, I'm usually very interested to, to review the manifesto that get, they publish. Uh, yeah. I did, I've done it with the last few of them. And I will say the, every time that I've read one of the manifestos that's, that have been published from one of these crazy mass shooters is 
it doesn't come across as completely insane. As in, it, it's not, oh, the CIA implanted you know, tracking devices in my teeth, which is why I have to do this. It's usually, it has never been anything like that. It's someone laying out a very methodical, this is why I'm doing this. And it's, the end result might be insane, but the, yeah, right. but the reasons that they cite are coherent, even if they're wrong. And right. that's why I'm, and that's what makes me really want to see the shooter's manifesto because I want to see the, what they cite as the reasons for why they need to do this. Well, because and, and those, because other, in, for other mass shooters reading their manifestos, the reasons they cite are recognizable things that I can, I see It's like, again, it's not totally crazy. It's not, Oh, my dog told me to go kill these people. It's right. almost always the news kept telling me this. And so I had to take action. Um, and again, like, it's uh, like the guy who shot a bunch of Republicans and like congressmen, he said, mm -hmm. this is for healthcare. He was a Bernie Sanders supporter radicalized by the news saying, this is for healthcare. This is why I have to do this. And I would imagine that Audrey Hale is going to be something very similar. It's going to be, I've been told that white Christians are the evil people that are holding down me and my trans brothers, and I have to do something about it. It's also worth mentioning, and this always surprised me, especially watching all the coverage. This was not a school shooter like the sh Columbine shooters. Mm -hmm. Audrey Hale was t almost 30 years old. Yeah, she, she did attend this school, this basically elementary school, but she hadn't been to attending the school for it's like 15 years at minimum. Mm -hmm. And that struck me as something very different about this. This it's purported like a school shooting, but this was an almost 30 year old adult waking up one day and deciding, you know what, I'm going to plan a shooting that murders a bunch of kids at an elementary school. This isn't someone that's a current student or someone that just graduated. This is someone who hasn't been there in over a decade going, I know where I can find a bunch of children that are unprotected that I can go murder. Mm -hmm. And that is a, that merely changes the calculus of this. And like, again, the reporting makes you think that it's just a disgruntled student, but this is an adult that hasn't been to the school in decades knowing that it was a soft target that they could cause a bunch of death and destruction at. I think the reason why the left is having the reaction that it's having is I, I, I think that the, the elements on the left know what's in this manifesto. Mm -hmm. And I they think do. that it is going to be very telling. I think that the reason why they're on such a, because this, this defense makes zero sense. Like yeah. this isn't going to the choices that they're making, for example, Madonna deciding to host a concert in Nashville, the city where this happened to support transgenders. Shocking. Like, is almost hell? like it, it is like in this, th this is what's interesting about it. Number one, there are zero people who are saying that every transgender is going to go out and just suddenly murder children. There are zero people making that suggestion at all. There's nobody yeah. making that even the most vociferous, um, I guess the most vociferous activists against transgenderism are not making any suggestion that every single transgender needs to be looked at like they're going to go shoot up a school. No one is saying that. I mean, maybe all. we should be saying that because if the left <laughs> is concerned that that's what people are noticing, 
maybe it means we, we should pay attention to that impulse. Well, so this is this is what I was um, this is what I mean is like the re so the response because there's zero people making that suggestion or at least zero serious like I always have to I always have to caveat that because someone's going to find some random anon on Twitter like who gives a shit nobody serious is making that suggestion nobody mainstream and it is not it is not a public consciousness thing there is not a mm -hmm. public consciousness thing of people suggesting that transgenders are going to go murder children but for whatever reason, the left is very concerned over the transgender community to the point where the only way that normal people will see this, like, oh, Madonna's going to do this big supporting concert for transgenders after a transgender went and murdered kids in the same city. Yeah. Everyone's good. Like, like normal, regular, normal, uninformed, like kind of low information people are going to be like, that's fucking weird. Why would you do that? That seems really weird. I, that makes zero sense. I think that they're getting out in front and they're flooding the zone with all of this PR because at some point they're afraid the manifesto is going to leak out. Yeah. And that manifesto is going to say I something along the lines of I went and murdered these kids because the left told me that they were going to genocide me. See, you are going to yeah. see a direct yeah. correlation between what the media and the Democrat party has been saying and this person committing mass murder. Yes. And so, and the, and the left is, knows it. The left knows that's exactly what we're going to see in this manifesto, mm -hmm. which is why they're working as hard as they can to hide it. Notice that if it's a right wing, right winger, the left demands the release of the manifesto and any effort by the police to hold on to it and prevent its release is used as this is why the police are all racist on the side of the shooter. Well, so can I do that now? It's like, this is why the police and the police chief are on the side of the transgender mass murderer because they refuse to release the manifesto. That's well, and and so, it's, Imagine there's left-wing activist groups demanding they keep it secret. Imagine if there was a mass shooter that was ostensibly on the right. Say he murdered a bunch of Mexicans for immigration policy or some shit. And then some group like the NRA demanded that they keep the manifesto secret. Oh, yeah. Oh, it would, there would be outrage on the left. They would say, this is proof that what we suspect is absolutely true. And so I am going to do that to the left now. The fact that they are trying to, with, to keep this manifesto from leaking proves that my worst fears about that manifesto are absolutely true they know this person did it because of their ideology they support what this person did because the ideology supports that and they are all secretly glad that this person killed a bunch of what the left calls their most hated political enemies mm -hmm. it's like the left is celebrating this on a quietly because they absolutely revel when their enemies are killed and i think it is important to recognize that fact and so we don't spare them any sort of mercy like they celebrate when this happens because they view us as their enemy and it is probably high time that we view them the same way it's it's fascinating too because they are in basically in a sense they are martyring this yes. monster um, to an extreme point, what this honestly looks a lot, a lot like a Shahid, which for those of you who don't know, a Shahid, it comes from the Arabic word Shahid or witness yeah. or, um, so it, it, it's martyrdom. 
And so think of it like a, an Islamic suicide bomber. The entire point of an Islamic suicide bomber, one, is to inflict terror, of course. of course, but it is to send a political message and it is to put the enemies of, for this example, Islam in fear because now they they will disrupt their lives because they are terrified. They mm-hmm. won't go to places that the that the Islamic terrorists don't want them to go to or they will or or uh, for safety purposes they will demand some sort of comedy with the demands of the Islamic terrorists so they'll stop blowing up their kids and families. It'll be right. things, I mean, this is the kind of stuff that you saw like in Israel, you know, like they're blowing up buses and, you know, blowing up restaurants and things like that. And then you start seeing people in Israel saying like, well, we really need to kind of have some sort of agreement with Palestine because I'd really like to be able to, you know, go to a sports game with my kid without worrying about somebody detonating themselves. Um, you know, that 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 is exactly the point. Well, martyrs are celebrated. Mm-hmm. Because they're pushing the message and they have to kill themselves and do, you know, horrific things and whatever. Everything that I'm seeing the left, the the way that the left is reacting to this school shooter very much feels like they are celebrating it as a martyrdom. In fact, so much so that when, strangely enough, the just days after this happened, a bunch of activists stormed the Capitol in Tennessee, which I thought was an insurrection, I have been told, to then go onto the floor of the Tennessee legislature, which I was told was an insurrection, specifically to stop an official proceeding and the signing of a law, which I was told was a felony. Oh, no. I mean... That's what, so for those of you who don't know, the QAnon shaman, Jacob Chansley, he got four years in prison for, quote, like for the charge of, quote, obstructing an official proceeding. That was his charge. That was what he pled guilty to and got four years in prison. Well, a bunch of people just went into the Tennessee legislature this week after this happened and they were protesting a law that Tennessee was trying to put in that had to do with transgender children not being able to get surgeries without parental consent or something along those lines. It doesn't oh, really no. matter. It doesn't really matter what it was about. It was that a bunch of trans activists went onto the floor of a state legislature, the exact same thing that happened on January 6th. But this wasn't an insurrection. This was a protest. This was peaceful. This is democracy. Of course, we knew the left was going to do this. We knew that it was always a lie. We knew that January 6th was the just what this also is, by the way, not only is it just disgusting that these people went into hyperdrive after one of their own just killed a bunch of children. Not only they go into hyperdrive, they are literally rubbing it in Americans' faces specifically to prove we can do this. You can't. You would it need be appropriate to, know to call it? That. Would it be appropriate to call it January sixth? <laughs> yes, this was well. And by the way, that's not the first time we've used that because this has happened before. Yeah, it has. Um, but at the same point, so these uh, trans activists went on there. They did something even more disturbing. It's yeah. it's already bad enough that you thought that this would be a good idea after what occurred. And it's in bad the same enough state. that they're trans, but uh. what makes it even worse 
they held up seven fingers yeah, for the victims. For seven victims. There were six people murdered and then the shooter. Yeah. And I think that was essentially a it, it exposed that seeing that where they were saying there were seven people killed. It's so horrible. Isn't it the bad the gun violence is getting out of hand? That clearly was a distraction to try and pivot the conversation away from the trans status of the shooter and mm -hmm. focus solely on their big boogeyman, the guns, so that they that the conversation would not circle around, well, like, do trans people hate Christians and want them dead? That seems alarming. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, and, and, and what makes it just even even more psychotic is now like what's what's the convert it, it, it's the weird because of course like we're, we're used to the left being like it's the guns stupid we need to just take your guns away like of course they're going to do that but at right. the same time like what's the conversation about on the left well what we really need to talk about is all of the violence that's happening against the transgender community what are you talking about? First of all, what violence are you even talking about? First, like, what I mean by that is this: if there was if there was rampant violence against the transgender community, it would be headline news. You would know all about right. it. Right. Everyone would know all about it. People would talk about the tranny murders of Alabama. hundred percent. You would of hear. Course. You would know the names of the victims. If there was some sort of right wing or what, you know, conservative Christian, whatever going on where they were literally going out and murdering trannies, if that was happening, you would know about it. You would hear about it. The president of the United States would be out there talking about it. It would be a national thing. You're not because it's not happening. There isn't this streak of violence against transgenders. There's people protesting them twerking on their children. There's people protesting them um, wanting to, you know, inject their kids without parental consent and cut their genitals off. That's not violence. That's called being a rational adult and wanting to protect your kids from grotesque degeneracy. So I'm going to disagree with you here. Okay. I think the trannies are mm -hmm. absolutely correct when they say that the efforts of the right to restrict drag shows, to restrict the hormone blockers given to children to restrict mutilating surgeries given to children to restrict you know pedophile access to children to restrict pornography in classrooms they're absolutely correct to call those efforts part of a trans genocide because all of those things are how trans people reproduce they're all <laughs> I, sterilized I exactly and they can't have going. kids of their own so they require to reproduce they require all of these, they require kids going to drag shows. They require kids getting put on puberty blockers. They require kids getting mutilated with surgeries. They required kids being shown pornography and LGBTQ sex acts in the classroom. And restricting those things absolutely is going to cause a trans genocide because there will be no more trans people if we remove all of the forces that are turning people trans. And that's what I think, the that's what they are trying to essentially hide is all of these efforts that they are keep trying to normalize and push on children are what are are what are causing the massive uptick 
in children that identify as some sort of trans, gay, gender fluid, whatever. It all becomes from the social forces that the left is pushing on children. And the right trying to stop those things absolutely will cause a decrease in the number of trannies. And that's why they are correct when they say the right is trying to cause a trans genocide because they're trying to erase us from existence. If we can't, if we can't sit, portray LGBTQ sex acts to children in the classroom, we won't be able to confuse the children of right-wingers into becoming trans, and that's really the goal the whole time. Mm -hmm. So I, I think they, they are under threat of, of extermination because the right is trying to protect their children from becoming trans, and that's going to cause trans And it gave me a warning that was like, hey, just so you know, your live streams can only go for 120 minutes, you know, two hours, uh, which is the length of our program. And of wow. course, I, yeah. And it's like, hey, just so you know, your live stream is going to end in 62 minutes. And I was like, yeah, that's fine. It's going to end in 62 minutes. I don't care. Why are, you, why are you telling me this? Stop with the pop up. And it just kept popping up, popping up, popping up. So I just left it alone. And then it was like, okay, I'm just going to shut it down. So it's, I don't know, some sort of dumb hiccup with the broadcasting software where it's like, just so you know, you're at the hour mark. You can only do this for two hours. I'm going to shut you down. And I was like, well, I don't know what to do. Cause the only other thing I could hit was, um, a button that said exit the live. And I was like, oh. I, I, I click that it's going to end the show. And then it ended the show anyway. So I probably should have just tried clicking it. I don't know. Huh, um, but fascinating. Um, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Something new every day. Um, but I've shared the, uh, I've shared the stuff back out to, uh, um, every, well, almost everything and put it out on the discord. Um, anyway, so yeah, so all the, all the, I, I do like the idea of like, you know, Hey, this, this is actually a trans genocide. Um, so, and I get it. Uh, so the, it, it does make sense in, in some sense because there, there is something to be said there is like the big push that they have is absolutely for the propagation of their ideology in the same way that they see themselves as, and, and you see this actually a lot in, um, in, in the phrasing that's talked that, that that's talked about. They almost see it as an ethnicity. You know, they yeah. refer to any, any any idea of trying to stop transgenderism as a genocide. And so you are very correct. They probably do view it that way. They view themselves as some sort of unique thing. They may even, it wouldn't even shock me to start seeing, and I'm sure that this already exists, but start seeing people trying to almost um, claim that transgenderism is some sort of evolution of humanity. Well, that would be in line with the weird trans uh, transhumanism of the left. Well, and and what I mean by that is like they're going to be like, well, it's actually an evolution because it's it's you know getting beyond the, you know, I don't know whatever. It, everything about it is we're just so much smarter. Oh my God, we're so smart. Like mm -hmm. every every society before this society was just big and dummy dumb, and we're so much smarter. Oh, like the earth, the earth and the human beings upon it should be so thankful for our existence here because we're just so damn smart. Um, well, and a lot of it is train. It, it's a lot like abortion. 
Any woman that has an abortion will vote Democrat the rest of her life. Any person that adopts anything beyond a gender norm, whether it's mm -hmm. being gay or transgender or even gender fluid or what, any, any of that nonsense, you will be a Democrat the rest of your life. And yeah. I think one of the things is imagine if you were a transgender you and you adopted any amount of that ideology, you could never admit it was wrong because you would die of crushing shame. Yeah. And I think that is a major driver for this is to basically confuse and influence, especially children, to ensure that they are Democrats, that they will always be progressives for their whole life. And there's probably no amount of gleeful hand rubbing to think that they are affecting the children of conservatives who are their hated political enemies. There'd probably oh, be yeah. nothing that would make a leftist happier than to see a conservative's children be turned gay or trans or anything because that's just the kind of little demons that they are. Yeah, welcome to everybody who just was able to dive back onto the chat. For some reason, Podbean decided that it needed to tell me uh, that our live streams are only only allowed to go for two hours at the one hour mark, and then it shut the live stream down. So uh, we pick ups with the software here. But um, <clears throat> to that point, though, so not, obviously, not only did we have the weird martyrdom of the transgender shooter uh, that we that we discussed for the first hour of the program here, but there's even more stuff where we're seeing uh, basically the the new playbook that we're going to have to deal with heading into 2024. And um, mm -hmm. a separate but related piece is all of the transgender activists that showed up at state houses, I think it was two different ones. I know specifically Tennessee was one. And so there was not only that, there was also the trans day of vengeance, which they rebranded, or maybe it was, a, maybe it was initially the trans day of visibility. And then somebody else created the trans day of vengeance. No, originally it was, it was called the trans day of vengeance. And then it got rebranded as the trans day of visibility. And it was vengeance for what exactly? Uh, vengeance for people, vengeance for people saying that trans needed to be genocided mm. because they didn't want their kids being turned trans through drag shows and pornography in the classroom. Okay. Okay. So it, it is I've, simply the fact that trannies know that they are unaccepted because they are unacceptable. And that makes them, that makes them hate the people that they are told do not accept them, which is normal people. And so well, the hatred of the trans is being intentionally and artificially stoked and aimed at normal people so that there is this contingent of freaks out there ready to attack and demoralize normal people that just want normal good things. The, the weirdest part about it is obviously, I, th I think one of the things that like just kind of your regular average person Mm -hmm. When they look at the whole transgender thing, they can't not see it as being just this kind of insane narcissism and like obsessive attention grabbing behavior. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that, that that's very obvious to a lot of people when, when they just view this through its normal lens. It's exacerbated even more when you see Hollywood and all these other people turning it into, if you don't celebrate it, then you're full of hatred. Yeah. 
they want to consistently, and this is this goes beyond just transgender stuff. It's for anything with the left. If you don't, the, to them, the opposite of acceptance is hate. Mm-hmm. And it's the weirdest thing because people are just like, I don't think that this is appropriate in front of children. And the response is, why do you hate transgenders? And it's like, what? I just don't think that this should be a thing for kids. Why do you hate them? And it's like, so loving them equates to me giving up my parental rights and allowing these weirdos to basically groom my kids into like chemical castration. And they're like, yes. I mean, I'm starting to hate them. But no, that's exactly it. Is that like, it, it has the opposite effect. People legitimately do start hating it because they're like, well, it basically, if I'm just going to get called a bigot anyway, I guess yeah. I'll just be a bigot. And to be fair, I'm not entirely convinced that's not the point. Yeah. I have consistently said this about multiple different situations where I am convinced that part of the left's playbook, especially heading into 2024, especially with Biden being so awful as a president and his administration just failing left, right, and center, I think that they are trying to push the right into violence. They, the Biden administration needs, and I mean, they're already trying, they're already doing it. They're already trying to paint the right wing as being violent and being domestic terrorists and all this. Remember the blood soaked extreme MAGA speech given by, you know, Biden, um, you know, by uncle Joe, uncle Joe Biden there, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, talking about extreme MAGA and all this other nonsense, but they need to, they need it to become more mainstream. And so the, everything a lot or a lot of what the left is doing is in an attempt to push the right wing to violence in the hopes of being able to, what they need is they need a Timothy McVeigh. Mm -hmm. They need something like that. They want there to be a right wing terrorist attack. So it will get any of the naysayers out of the way so they can start persecuting their political opposition more so than, than, than they already are, which we'll cover a little bit later in this program. But, and they're, they're actually, they're already laying the groundwork. There was, um, there was a case that was, there was a case, um, that had been going on for the last couple of months over a meme. And, uh, the guy's name is Mackie. I can't remember his first name. Dylan. Dylan. Dylan Mackey. Oh man, I had just had this in my. I know, I know. Um, Douglas, I think it's Douglas Mackey. Douglas Mackey, yes. Hmm. Sorry, thank you. So Douglas Mackey um, made a meme back oh, in 2016, wow. and the meme said, "Text your vote to this number, or text Hillary to this number to vote for Hillary Clinton." And everyone was like, "That that's fucking dumb, haha." Yeah. Well, he just got charged with a felony election interference. And now there are a bunch of right wing squishes, not all of them. There's, there's plenty. Don't, I don't, I don't want to misrepresent this. There are plenty of people that are defending him rightfully so, which is great, but there are some of the usual suspects in the neocons that are out there that want that cannot help themselves but have to point out, well, this guy said a lot of really racist things. Oh no, so, not racism. Okay, so this guy said like racist things. 
Oh, so that makes it okay for the government to um, oppress speech. Yeah. And they're like, well, no, but he's gross. Oh, okay. okay. So does that make it okay for the government to oppress speech? Well, I mean, it's just like he's gross though. Because I want, I want everyone to understand a legal precedent has now been set. A person was just charged with a felony of election interference for a meme. A meme that no reasonable person would have ever taken seriously. Yeah. He is being... So, obviously, this is not a serious charge. This is a politically motivated charge, specifically bent on power. But let's pretend it's a serious charge. That charge only holds water as being election interference if the court wasn't politically deranged and motivated. But if we want to pretend like there's still a justice system in the United States, it means that the court had to literally believe Mm -hmm. that someone would be so stupid as to think that they could text their vote, that they could just vote from their phone. They have to believe that no one was sorry, not just someone, a, a, a good amount of people, a, a reasonable amount of people had to have been so stupid that they thought that they could text their vote. That is what well, the court think, had I'm to I'm sure the, the case would be, well, if just one just one vote were miscounted, blah, blah, blah. That person's vote shouldn't count the same as mine. That's very true. But I think furthermore, this was impossible. If someone, say, was convinced by his, his dumb meme, which, hey, I don't know how many people even saw it, but let's say someone was even saw it and was convinced by it, you couldn't text that number. You would try and it would probably say text not received or text error or this number doesn't exist. And then the person, and so it's completely farcical that his meme that he posted was election interference. The entirety of this trial was the, was left-winger left-wingers on the bench combining with left-wing activist groups setting the stage so that the right wing would be punished could could not share information and memes which they viewed as what basically stopped hillary clinton's ascension to the golden throne they view it as right-wingers were able to just put out all these memes on the internet right wingers were able to to basically make fun of hillary clinton and spread the information about her corruption and that is what cost her the presidency that is what cost the left the presidency because it's not about hillary clinton it's about the Mm -hmm. left they had to suffer through donald trump because the right was able to freely influence uh, other people's minds and so this whole case was about we have to shut down the ability to freely share information we need yep. to shut down free speech we need to shut down all of these hated online alt-right nazi accounts because that's how we lose elections which is a very interesting and very bizarre admission from the left and again this no r- judge should have allowed this case to go forward right but because you have left-wing activists who are in positions as judges, they collude with left-wing activists who are in positions as lawyers and other things to ensure that justice in the United States is, if not extremely, if not extremely biased, at least weighted in their favor. Right. 
Well, and, and th so this is the problem is there's now a legal precedent where someone was charged with sharing a meme and, yeah. and it's not, not, not because anything necessarily bad about the meme itself, but it was, well, if a stupid person believed it, then it's a problem. Yeah. And one of the reasons why the pre-Trump, I'll say GOP was just so bad at literally everything mm -hmm. is the kinds of things that I'm seeing from people like Eric Erickson, where at first, when this case broke, everyone on the right was joined together with the idea of like, this is ridiculous. This person's being charged because they shared a meme. This is insanity. Like we cannot have this kind of tyranny in our country. Like what the hell is going on? And then, you know, that a bunch of these idiot squishes came out and were like, actually, this guy shared a lot of really like kind of anti-Semitic, maybe he was racist hateful. and he hateful shared stuff. hateful things. And so we shouldn't help him or support him. Yeah. And then everybody's like, well, yeah, he's super gross. D Guys, the left knows that these oh, yeah. cowards are going to do this. That's why they go after Alex Jones and why they go after this Douglas Mackey guy. Yeah. It's because they have to try to make it palatable to them. And they have to make it to where the the right wing will be too cowardly to defend it. And yeah. at the end of the day, and this is what this is what makes me so angry about this stuff. It's supposed to be easy. Like first of well, just defend the First Amendment. Why do you care? Like, why isn't the response? Why are these people such cowards? Why can't they just respond with somebody's like, well, Alex Jones says crazy thing. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I don't don't care. Don't care. Don't care. The government, the government shouldn't be able to prosecute speech. Don't care. That should be the answer. That's the answer. That is the constitutional answer, but they don't want to do it because they're pussies, they're cowards, and they want to be accepted by their liberal friends. And this is mm -hmm. exactly why our constitution gets trampled on consistently because these weak need, like, because every single day, Eric Erickson gets up in the morning and goes on the radio wrapped in the American flag and talking about the constitution like it was divinely inspired until it becomes slightly inconvenient as if as if these people don't also know that the first amendment doesn't exist for speech people find tolerable. It is only for intolerable speech. The first yeah. amendment only exists for speech that you disagree with. I would go so far as to say that the, that calling people ugly, evil, mean, unpalatable, calling basically implying that people are unpalatable has happened in order so that the right wing cannot defend them has happened so many times that it is clear to me that it is nothing but a leftist tactic and anyone on the right that does the same thing should be viewed as controlled opposition by the left it happens every time every time there's someone that the right wing should defend other people on the right who are controlled opposition swoop in and say but that person's so icky you wouldn't mm -hmm. want to be seen next to a low status icky person would you it's a it's essentially gate keeps the right from taking from getting involved in battles that it absolutely has a vested interest in seeing through well and at the end of the day too i mean this also goes together with regard regardless of this mackie specific stuff anytime anytime someone that's relatively populist or MAGA or what have you starts becoming ascendant, there are aspects on the right. We've talked about this before 
that will swoop in and try to destroy them either honestly or not honestly, but either because of things that they've said or dishonest represent representations of things that they've said, because there are absolutely elements on the right that want to gatekeep. There's a way that, that there is a specific way that they think um, that the right wing should operate. And most of that is divergent from kind of the Trump message and the sort of the, the new and more popular GOP, to be completely honest. They don't like that. The Ben Shapiro's of the world, and I will bring them up specifically, especially if anyone's been following like, yeah, it's a little cringy, but some of the stuff that was going on with like Steven Crowder. I mean, regardless of how you feel about Steven Crowder's actions when it came to the drama with the Daily Wire and him recording conversations and all that, you also have to recognize that it's a little weird that the Daily Wire can charge their own hosts 120% of their salary if they get banned from social media or YouTube. Which... If they those same outlets were honest, those same hosts on the Daily Wire talk about tech censorship yeah. all the time. They talk about, oh, they're they're just banning everybody people that disagree with them. And yet they have a yeah. policy where if those same left-wing tech people that are banning everybody that disagrees with them bans you, then they charge them money. Yeah. I mean that's very suspicious and makes me extremely wary about the Daily Wire types because it I, seems like they're talking out of both sides of their mouth. I just I sure hope that I sure hope that, you know, um that YouTube doesn't suddenly start restricting videos that bring up the fact that the shooter was transgender because then Matt Walsh is going to owe Ben Shapiro a bunch of money. Yeah. I, I think that's a, it is a legitimate would be a legitimate worry, I'd say. Yeah. I mean, like, that because that's all it would take, you know, mm -hmm. then Michael Knowles and Matt Walsh wouldn't be able to bring it up because then Ben Shapiro would charge them up to like 120% of their uh, fee. Yeah. Yeah. But hey, but it's, it's okay though, because Jeremy Boring can start a chocolate company to protest Hershey's for Women's Empowerment Month or whatever, Women's History Month. It's all very lame. And I hate it. Oh, the, the dude makes millions of dollars off of cancel culture. Like it's a business practice for them. Mm -hmm. You know, they talk about how much they hate it, except for the fact that they make millions off of it every time. Yeah. You know, Gillette dropped, uh, Gillette slapped back at one of their hosts, uh, because they, one of their hosts brought up the fact that there was a transgender on a Gillette commercial. And then Jeremy boring went out and started Jeremy's razors. And then, Hershey's released a her she for Women's History Month uh, in March God. and put a transgender as the put a transgender woman as the Ugh. woman that they were celebrating. And then Jeremy Boring released a candy bar. Gross. So it's a business practice for them. I mean, I respect the hustle. Yeah. But yeah. Ugh point is the point is there are gatekeepers on the right and it's because number one they they well they want to be ascendant right they don't want any competition um and much like progressivism by the way uh, part of the reason why woke culture is so popular among large businesses 
is because large businesses can survive in a woke environment, but their competition cannot. And new competition is even more restricted. Well, we see these same business practices on the right as well. So pardon me if I'm ever skeptical when I start seeing right-wingers attack other right-wingers because I have to wonder Is it because you're truly grossed out by this person, which is already a lame? When you're talking about the First Amendment, you probably should find what the person is saying a little offensive because the reason why someone is trying to go after them is because they said something offensive. Like people can't just, you know, like like somebody says, I like Donald Trump. They're not going to get prosecuted for that. That would be ridiculous. Like nobody would take that risk. So, of course, they're going to attack a person that is going to be the least likely to garner a bunch of support. That is the person you should support. And by the way, for the record, I know I just brought up the fact that a bunch of transgenders stormed the Tennessee State House. And I brought up that I thought that this was an insurrection and interfering with an official, um, you know, an an official uh, proceeding. Yeah. I support that. Yeah, I don't mind really mind this it's fine no i i think the government should be afraid of its citizens i think that that's healthy i fully support the i i fully support the citizens being able to go on to the legislature that they pay for and address the their representatives that they voted for Mm -hmm. i i fully support that i don't think you should be violent about it but i fully support you showing up by the way it doesn't hurt my ideology for a bunch of trans activists to hold up seven fingers in the state house and for me to be able to turn around and point out that they are counting the murderer as a victim. That's yeah. good for me. Yeah. Allowing open speech from the left only ever makes my life easier. Libs of TikTok is violently popular because when the left is allowed to talk, they say stupid things. Right. I will never be against the right. I will never be against the right for leftists to speak openly because that only ever helps. Most certainly. But that's exactly (laughs) why the left wants to shut down our ability to speak. Right. And that's what I, that's what, where I have a big issue. Understandably. Mm -hmm. And what is also, I guess, frustrating is this isn't just, it's never just left-wing activists. It's the entire left-wing complex. It's the activists. It's the, it's, it's all the people throughout the whole system. It's judges, it's lawyers, it's congressmen, it's representatives, it's major corporations, all colluding together to do this, which makes me even more wary. If it was simply the activists, that would be one thing, but it's not just the activists, it's an entire civilization worth of leftists conspiring to oppress and control my move, to oppress and control me. Mm -hmm. And I know absolutely from what they say, if they are allowed unfettered control, they will only use it to hurt me. Their entire goal is to hurt me and destroy my future, which is really what gets me kind of annoyed at all this. And it makes me especially annoyed because all of these congressmen and representatives that are supposedly elected by people on the right to prevent exactly things like this can't seem to get their act together and create effective opposition. <clears throat> well, and and to you know, the addition to that point. So like, obviously we talked about the, the trans shooting. We talked about the storming of state capitals. We just talked about somebody getting, being found guilty for election interference for a freaking meme 
Uh-huh. And then you have Donald Trump getting indicted, which, okay, look, I, I, yes, we crossed a Rubicon here, sort of. Mm-hmm. None of this is surprising. And at the same time, before we dive into the, the whole kind of case itself, I, I have to point out okay. the insanity that is. Anyone who comes to me, any liberal who comes to you or comes to me, let's put it this way, that wants to pretend like any of this is legitimate is lying. There's not a single American in the United States that looks at what's going on with the Trump indictment and thinks that this is legitimate justice. And the reason why I say that is, number one, even before Donald Trump was sworn in as president, the left was trying to prosecute him. The left has openly said that they want him in jail and they don't care how. They have tried to go after him for literally everything. They impeached him twice over bullshit. They went after his tax records. They went after his business. They went after his kids. They went after every single thing. They tried to go after him for owning the uh, U.S. Postal Building. He ended up, he built the Trump Hotel in Washington, D.C., and then they got all mad about people that were staying there. They tried to go after him for that. Mm -hmm. They have tried to go after this guy for everything, 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 everything. So not a single person can honestly say, oh no, this one's legitimate. Like, sure. I know that they've basically just, they've signaled this entire time that they will prosecute him for anything and everything. And they just want him out of the way and they hate him so much. And they just want him in jail because he's, because they hate him. But no, this time it's totally legitimate though. There's not a single person who can actually make that argument. Honestly, there's not a single person. So we need to start there with this entire thing has very simply been, it is just the constant attempt at trying to prosecute Trump because he's Donald Trump. That's it. Right. The There's only a- response that mm-hmm. we should have to this, the indictment of Trump is this is all politically motivated nonsense and pales in comparison to the crimes of Joe Biden and other Democrats. Well, and number two, to that point, the DA in this case, ran on the message that he was going to prosecute Trump. Not specifically, not for anything. He didn't name a crime. He didn't say, I'm going to go after him for X. He said, when he was running for election, he said, I am going to go after Donald Trump. Alvin, Alvin Bragg said, if I am elected, I will go after Donald Trump. That's it. Full stop. He was signaling that he is going to, he is going to take the man and find a crime. Right. And then he did. And he, by the way, many of you, like everybody knows Alvin Bragg now because of the Trump indictment, but you've heard of him before. Mm -hmm. Do you remember the bodega shooting? where somebody broke into a bodega and a guy shot like a guy who was trying to hold up the bodega and that guy was going to be charged and there's so much public outrage that the charges got dropped. Do you mm. recall that story? No. So there was an old bodega worker. It was a big story in the, in the media months ago 
where there was a guy that was working at a bodega and somebody came in and there was an attempted armory and he ended up, the bodega owner ended up shooting the guy with his legally possessed firearm, ended up shooting the guy. That's right. Yeah. And, and, and all of a sudden, the next thing you know, New York is trying to charge the bodega owner. (laughs) That was Alvin Bragg. Alvin Bragg was the one that brought those charges. Alvin Bragg was going to try to throw that bodega owner in jail. Not because he legally possessed the firearm. He was trying to throw him in jail for shooting a man who was trying to rob him. That's well, not the only time that's that. happened. Additionally, there was a parking attendant in New York City who a gunman approached him and shot him twice. Then the parking attendant wrestled the gun away from the man who just shot him twice and shot and killed him with that gun. Alvin Bragg is charging that parking attendant for murder. Well, he sounds like a real piece of work. So that is the person that the left is calling a hero of justice. Well, and again, like a little everything, no average leftist is came up with that your average democrat voting american the vast majority of the democrat base probably has very little idea anything about this guy right if he's being called a hero he's being called a hero by media-backed activist groups who are Mm -hmm. drumming up artificial support for this indictment well yeah he's being called a hero because he's doing the one thing that they want which is they just so everyone knows they don't actually care about trump necessarily going to jail they just want to make sure that he can't be president again Right. That's it. It, it. it Like, don't be confused into the idea that they like, because Trump's probably not going to go to jail for this. And just, no. just to give you guys the real quick background. Number one, the statute of limitations on this supposed crime, which is already questionable, has already gone away. Like, this is already outside of the statute of limitations. So number one, it was a misdemeanor because regardless of what you heard, regardless of what people are trying to say it is, It is a campaign finance violation. That is the crime. It is a campaign finance violation, which is a misdemeanor, but it's been elevated to a felony by Alvin Bragg. So it's a, it's a fricking misdemeanor. Mm -hmm. And the way that they're doing this, because the, the water gets too muddied a lot of times and people start debating things that don't matter. It is that. Donald Trump purportedly had a non-disclosure agreement with Stormy Daniels to not talk about their affair. Then the way that Alvin Bragg looked at this was, well, he did that because it would have damaged his campaign if that, if that information came out. Therefore, it was a campaign payment and he didn't log it as such. That's the crime. Doesn't matter how you feel about affairs. Doesn't matter how you feel about porn stars. Doesn't matter about any of that. The idea is that Alvin Bragg is indicting Donald Trump in a grand jury because he paid, I don't even know how much, I think it was like $130,000 because he paid $130,000 and didn't mark it as a campaign expense. That is the crime that they are trying to go after a former president of the United States for. It is- the most patent amount of bullshit and no one should take this seriously. It is a freaking joke, but precedent has been set. What the left is now communicating is it is okay to prosecute, prosecute your political opponents for anything. Awesome. 
I look forward to it. Joe Biden probably should either run to a country that doesn't have an extradition treaty or should walk off onto the sunset and let the dementia take its toll. Well, okay. So that is a, I guess I'm going to disagree with you there because it's, that would require actually doing that. It would require actually Mm -hmm. holding them accountable and you need a level of political power the right doesn't have and might not have in the near future to have that precedent mean anything. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe if you captured enough state government power in, in a state, you could do this. But as, as nice as it would be to just hold our breath and wait for the Republicans to use this as a turnabout as fair play sort of thing, right. that it cannot be relied upon to happen, unfortunately. So, so to your point, you're, you're hundred percent not wrong here. Um, there's a lot of excuses that people are going to make, which is going to be, for example, um, like a lot of, for example, Delaware, right? So, uh, mm-hmm. Joe Biden is in Delaware. That's where he lives. That's where his home is. Is there a conservative prosecutor in Delaware that's going to be able to go after Joe Biden? No. Doubtskies. Whereas Trump lived and has an ad and had a business in New York City. And of course, there's liberals in New York City that were able to go after him. Sure. I I totally understand it. And that's exactly what you're signaling towards. Yes. I, though I agree with you and understand it, um, I'm tired of making excuses for the GOP being cowards. I don't care what it takes for them to get there. That happened. These are the rules now. And I don't want to allow the GOP to be like, well, I don't want to be icky and gross, so I'm not going to do it. I just want to go back to normal and let these evil people get away with being evil for the last seven years. Yes. And so I get it. I understand that there's a lot of work that needs to be done, but I'm so tired of the GOP making excuses for not wanting to get their hands dirty. And that's not yeah. your fault at all, Alan. It's just it, it's just how it is. That the constantly the GOP wants to make excuses for not wanting to get its hands dirty. And and that's yes. the other thing too. I get it. I've heard plenty of people who aren't really big fans of Trump that are like, "This is the problem with Trump. He has so much baggage, and it allows the left to do this." I understand what people mean when they say that, but it also acts like the left wouldn't be this craven against anyone else. And I don't believe that. I think that that's bullshit. Remember, the left tried to go after Dick Cheney and George W. Bush for human rights violations and war crimes. Hmm. Like, are we just suddenly going to pretend like, well, no, I mean, yeah, the Democrats are bad, but the reason why they're going after Trump this way is because he actually did do some bad stuff. Like, oh, so you're telling me that, like, if Ron DeSantis becomes the president of the United States, the left is going to be like, well, gosh, I just wish Ron DeSantis wasn't such a clean and smooth operator. Jeez, I really wish we could go we could go after him, but we just can't. He's just too good. You you think that you think that's true? No. You think the left isn't going to try to go after Ron DeSantis for anything? Yeah, no, they, they definitely will for sure. Yeah, of course they're going to. In fact, I'm going to name one right now just because I want to get on the record. Ron DeSantis was a judge advocate general. He was a lawyer. Uh, for when he the was Navy. in the military. When he was in the military. Yep. Um, 
so he he was a naval officer and he was a lawyer. Uh, specifically, he was the legal advisor for SEAL Team. Can't remember which number. Um, Doesn't matter for a SEAL Team, uh, which is great. But he also happened to have been stationed at Guantanamo Bay, which is the prison uh, in Cuba oh. where we keep a lot of terrorists that were rolled up in places like Afghanistan and Iraq. I promise you that the left, if Ron DeSantis declares and if he starts gaining any sort of traction. The left is going to bring up somehow and claim that Ron DeSantis violated the human rights of terrorists. Probably. And the left, the leftist sheep who do everything the media tells them to are going to pretend to be outraged. And I mean, I don't know. Like if, yeah, yeah. I mean, don't get, don't get me wrong. I like Ron DeSantis. There's a lot of good reasons, I think, to support him, and I very much look forward to him declaring, and I very much look forward to a contentious primary because that's very good for us. Iron, uh, as as another as another radio host says, iron sharpens iron. Yeah. To that point, do not con- do not convince yourself, and do not let other people convince you that somehow the left would be less craven towards a different person. It is about power. It is not about person. Most certainly. Most definitely. And so if if somebody believes that, they are ignorant and they are wish casting. What, what that person signals when they say something like this, and I've seen several commentators make the case, when a person says that, it's their wish casting and their hopefulness that somehow politics will return to normal and that everything that's going on with the left is an aberration because of Donald Trump. And it's just simply false. I get why people might feel that way and want that to be true, but it is false. Yeah. And additionally, regardless of whoever becomes president, Mm -hmm. the United States is still a slave client state to the global American empire. And it is, and things are not going to change as much as we might want them to because the United States is not a sovereign country in the way we think it is. And that has become obvious over the last multiple years. And I think, so I think it is when talking about the next president or any future elections, it's not to say don't get your hopes up, but to always moderate it with no matter who gets elected, the U.S. bureaucracy, the global financial structure, all of that is going to be so heavily against any sort of reform and change mm-hmm. in the United States that there is not that much that they're going to be able to unilaterally do. Yes, it'll be very difficult. And to your point of like the global American empire, to give you an idea of what that global American empire looks like, we're taking orders from freaking Ukraine. Right, right. The, like the Ukraine war is a great example. Mm-hmm. You could have the most right-wing, um, like DeSantis or Trump gets, gets elected. Will the United States abandon Ukraine? Probably not, because the global American empire has demanded that Ukraine is captured for the West. And the United States, because it is not sovereign within that empire, will still be forced to spend its blood and treasure in Ukraine. Maybe we could walk that back and stop sending as much and just at least cause problems for that whole conflict. Hopefully Russia could then win and the conflict will cease. 
but because the United States is not a sovereign country in relation to the empire that it is essentially a part of, there's only so much we can do. Will we be able to stop mass immigration? Will we be able to control the border? Well, the global American empire has decreed that the United States will be demographically changed. And so no matter who we elect to the federal government, because they're not sovereign over our own borders, we're st going to still be fighting a rearguard action until that system changes. Right. And uh, where it does get weird is, or not weird, um, but that same GAE, that same global American empire does appear to be under threat in a lot of ways by how they're, by basically regular Americans kind of becoming more educated about this. And True. we see that in a lot of the reactions that they're having. But additionally, because of all this nonsense that's going on in Ukraine, you've seen an alignment between China and Russia, which is very dangerous for us. Um, if we just want to be honest, like it's I mean, very dangerous. See, here's my question. Mm -hmm. it, it is very dangerous for the global American empire for the, and essentially what we're talking about is there's, is a absolute alliance between Russia and China against mm -hmm. the United, the domination of the United States. And there is absolutely a, a increasing momentum on the push to get rid of the dollar as the medium of international trade and the United States debt-based economy and which has now expanded to the entire Western world's debt-based economies relies on their currency being valuable. If the right. currency is undercut and undervalued, that can cause serious, it's, it is unclear what economic cost that will, will incur, but the entire debt-based system relies on the value of our currency. And if that currency is no longer valuable, it, that means our debt will no longer be able to be bought and sold, which could cause the whole system to kind of come crashing apart. And that's exactly what has happened after the global American empire has been pushing so hard into Ukraine and dominating Russia and being extremely irresponsible with its power over the last 20 years. Is we are driving the world away from the United States and away from America, away from the dollar. I think it's recently Brazil, China, Russia, uh, France, India have all started trading in currencies that are not the dollar, which could spell serious economic ramifications for the global American empire. And I'm unsure if that would be good or bad for the United States. While it would undoubtedly a ec global economic disruptions might be bad for the United States, it might be long-term good for us citizens of the United States, because it might cause the global American empire to come crashing down, return to what is called a, from a unipolar world where the United States, the global American empire was the sole superpower to a multipolar world where the, where China is essentially challenging the United States for dominance on the world stage might mean that we get more sovereignty back inside the United States. If the whole economic system crashes, do you think that would be better or worse for liberals? Think that would be better or worse for Americans who value America. The America first idea is founded on America becoming a better, stronger country. And if the good times stop, that nationalist impulse will suddenly get a huge boon to it to, re to achieve a place of power and prestige and secure our future.
So I, I don't want to champion the collapse of the global order because that seems a little bit too accelerationist. But at the same time, if it does start collapsing, that will only be a bit that would be a more of a benefit to me and my politics than and a detriment to people on the left. If people can't feed themselves, there no one's going to care about climate change. If it looks like there are the great, if it looks like there's a great depression looming, people will suddenly stop caring a whole heck of a lot about a lot of left wing nonsense. Things like we are going to secure our borders against in foreign invasion is going to be way easier to sell if there is a global economic crisis forcing millions of economic refugees to flood over the U.S. borders. So I think the death of the global American empire is the best possible thing that could happen to the sovereignty of the United States. I, I agree to an extent, and I don't really necessarily disagree, but this mm -hmm. is, this is where it gets interesting is you're right that ultimately the end, the end result of it is like this collapse and everything that's going on will absolutely hurt the global American empire. But yeah. the problem I have is at least at the initial onset, they will pass all of that pain onto us. Oh, most certainly. And it's exactly, yeah. um, it's exactly like cancer. The, the global American <laughs> empire is a cancer on the United States. Mm -hmm. And either you have to excise that cancer or you have to do radiation therapy or chemo. And the cure for cancer is almost as bad as the disease itself. Yeah. And that is really what we're rolling the dice on. And it's it's by no means guaranteed. And that's why I'm not 100% in favor of it because it's so fraught with danger. But, but it's it kind of like the only way left for the United States to go mm -hmm. is either the global American empire collapses and Americans regain their sovereignty and control of our own destiny. So, or the global American empire achieves complete and total dominance for and reigns as a and basically an evil empire for a thousand years i mean it's <laughs> right it's like if they are able to build their panopticon global security like the great reset wants to do that would be a worse scenario than global economic crash followed by regaining sovereignty and nationalism yeah like it is tough times ahead but the supporters and that that that's what's that's what's amazing though is like all of the um all of the globalists the liberals progressives and whatever they put all of their eggs in one basket and that basket is the government and that government mm -hmm. is the gae if that all collapses then they won't know where to go or what to do because all of their eggs are in that one basket and that basket just got you know destroyed yeah whereas the majority of regular americans are independent and self-sufficient or at least yeah. attempt to become self-sufficient and so yeah at the end of the day it would work out and the you know the right people would be able to make it because to, to your point and i think i think we're already seeing some of those ramifications right now when we're dealing with record inflation when we're dealing with you know a, a terrible economy that the government is absolutely lying to us about like oh we're not in a recession and it's like but it but we are though you know, yeah. and, and all of all of this bullshit lies where everyone's like the government is literally saying everything is fine. Yeah. And nobody I can think afford it's, uh, things. Two mm -hmm. of the biggest bank failures in recent history happened this year. 
Exactly. Exactly. And people are seeing that and they're feeling it. And, and I the, think the thing is, it, there, there can't be zero outcome. We printed something like 60% or some huge quantity of all dollars in existence. We just printed out of nowhere in 2020. We've had the two biggest bank failures in like the last couple decades just this year. We have had massive economic disruptions with all of the increasingly ill-advised sanctions on Russia. It's mm -hmm. like COVID, just the, 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 the stop, the COVID ramifications, just from simply stopping industry and shutting everything down for so long. There is no way that all of that disruption doesn't have huge second and third order effects as the repercussions ripple through the rest of the econ world economy. Additionally, mm -hmm. you have Russia and China working as hard as they possibly can to unseat the United States in terms of economic dominance. You have Saudi Arabia hinting at the fact they might drop the petrodollar. You have all of these things combining together and there's no way it doesn't create a serious economic ram uh, crisis in the United States that instead of dealing with right now, we are currently debating tranny nonsense. Right. And it's like we are at a point in American history where if we were serious, we would be tackling this crisis head on with our eyes open. And for some reason, that would is not beneficial to the people in charge. They want people to be concerned about tranny nonsense and not the the potential for huge economic ramifications uh, collapse in the near future or at least economic disruptions and frustrations right and that, that is a that is very bizarre to me it's almost it's almost as if there is this great reset that i keep hearing about from the world economic forum and all of these democrat leaders is their plan that will somehow piggyback on these economic disruptions to do god knows what and if, if it's and if it's something that they're excited about it means it's something i should dread yeah, well, and that's always a good metric, but that's going to have to be it for um, the show today. Let us know if there's anything you think we missed by hitting us up on our Discord and becoming a subscriber at subscribestart.com forward slash wrongthinkradio. I'm Aaron from the East Coast. I'm Alan from the West Coast. And this is Wrong Think Radio. See you all next week.